0: Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show that's with gratitude, just want to say thank you to anyone and everyone that supports what we got going on. Special shout out to all the students at By the Hood University, as well as all the kids from our By the Hood University ownership camp that we had this summer. And all the parents that help us out on the weekends as we uh, you know, teach finance to the youth. I mean, it's very powerful work. Um, and I just want to say we appreciate you guys. You know, with that being said, I got my partner, Prime, as always, Corey with me. What's up, Corey? And you know how
1: I feel. Never complain about living. Every day above ground is a good day.
0: This is absolutely true. And for those that may be tuning in for the first time, our show is dedicated to highlighting brothers and sisters who are doing amazing work in the community, building businesses, this joint all kinds of positive work. And listen. This couple we have on here, I've been following them for a couple of years at this point, just watching the work that they do. And Corey brought it up before we came on, is that anyone that we know that has done business with them on any level always has something positive to say. So we have to highlight them because the work they're doing, um, not just in terms of building wealth, but in terms of helping others, is very powerful. So with that being said, we have the Charm City buyers here. We have Kyra and Khalil. How are you? Hey, Hey, doing Doing very well. Thank you for having us.
2: We're super excited to be here.
0: Oh, man, listen, man, like like Corey said before we started, man, there's a lot of folks. Shout out to our, our sister Nairobi. She's one like, so we have a lot of people that have, um you know, that we know. We're from Philly. You guys are in Baltimore. So, you know, it's a lot of crossover. But everybody has something positive to say about you guys. I man, you guys are doing amazing work.
3: Yeah, Philly, you know, is Baltimore's cousin up the street. Um, and I'm yeah. from PA, so Philly's always going to have a, a special place in our heart. But, yeah, Nairobi, she's part of our next-gen takeover, one of our mentees um so love her super proud of of everything she's doing and proud to be part of her journey
0: absolutely absolutely so listen um let's, t- let's start with you guys let's talk about your background let's talk about your story how did you guys actually get into the business and um you know tell us you know a little bit about your upbringing
2: yeah 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 so we started shortly after college um and it was something that uh i hadn't anticipated i think kiera had uh, she had always been growing up thinking about real estate talking to her mom about it in fact she's got a pretty cool story about like ancestral Heritage.
3: Yeah. So for me, I grew up in rural Pennsylvania. So outside of um, Lincoln University, I usually uh, explain it. Like I used to hear parties from Lincoln in my bedroom growing up. Um, and so as a child, we learned a lot about our ancestors, a lot about our family who started this community, this town called Hensonville, literally on the land that Lincoln University sits on. And so during that time period, I didn't understand at the time, it was just a bunch of people talking about a whole bunch of stuff. But now as as an adult, I realized that that planted a lot of seeds um, for me to be interested in real estate and building community and understanding even like our power um, and our agency and our ability to do amazing things. Like if if they were able to create an entire town in the 1820s, why can't we take ownership in our neighborhoods and our cities today? Um, and so what happened was, um, you know, when I graduated college, Phil had already graduated a year before me. And we were trying to figure out what it was that we wanted to do, what it was, we were looking to do and accomplish, understand that a pension probably wasn't going to be for us <laughs> to wait. <and> put <laughs> in somebody else's hands. Like that was the time period when they were talking about social security, running out of money and all of stuff. sudden we are like, nah, we not, we not playing this game with y'all. Right. So it was really about how, You know what was it that we were going to do um, together and also what did we want to do individually in order to accomplish those goals um and real estate check the most boxes for us both knowing that was something that i always wanted to do anyway
2: yeah definitely so we always wanted to make a positive impact on the world Mm -hmm. right but not just the community the entire world um we always wanted to build wealth and have something kind of legacy that we could pass forward uh and continue building that 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 money to afford the lifestyle that, that we always wanted and, and dreamed about. Um, and like Kara said, real estate checked a lot of boxes for me. Um, I knew off break from a very young age that corporate was not me. It just wasn't. Entrepreneurship, 100%. So, whatever I was going to do, it was going to involve some type of ownership, leadership, um, directing, and making sure that uh, the strategy and the vision meets the execution. So, real estate was it.
0: Oh, man, that's amazing. couple yeah. things there. So, I went to Lincoln University, right? Okay. And- when I, when I would leave campus, it was kind of sketchy. Like, I didn't know black folks lived in Oxford. Well, Oxford was the right town right outside yeah, of the yeah,
3: yeah, absolutely. There are, so, um, so. I, well, I could have a whole yeah, yeah, yeah. thing on this specifically, <laughs> so let's be very clear. But my entire, my mom' entire side of her family and the entire side of my dad's family. So, like, generationally, we, mm-hmm. we have, like, four four or five generations at a time. Um, in Oxford, in Lincoln University, there are Black people who live there. Who've been <laughs> there. I say that play joke. On, don't, play, don't play. with me. Okay.
0: No, I, I say that. I say that joke me, But the thing is, though, when you leave, like, like Lincoln University, right? So when you're on campus, like, you know, you, no, when, the, when you yeah. pull off campus, it's a little different. Like, you know, you're in the the, the, Listen, the I drive area.
1: by that. Listen, every time I go to BWI, uh, to the airport, I drive past it, and I'm like, man, ain't that? But Cornfields out this joint, like, do, yeah, do, do actual people live. About this, job.
3: Actually, yeah. people people actually live there, and there are complete areas. So, you went to, to um, Lincoln, so you know um, about like the Lincoln Village that's over there mm-hmm. and um, all of that. So, all that land, all of it, like where the school is, nearby, everything around, my family owned all of that. Wow. So, there was even in Oxford, there was that's an a Oxford lot of land. That's a lot of land, all of it, all the way down to the to Oxford, like getting down to Oxford. My family owned all of that
2: in the early 1800s. There's history books about it. They talk about it, the family reunions. yeah I mean, it's, it's a real- It's yeah. a
3: big deal. Um, mm, and so, so that kind of set the foundation for me, I think, in just understanding really the power that we hold um, and how to- I think it really taught me to question what they try to teach us about us. Even living in a town like Oxford, right? What does that mean for all of these Black folks that live here? And it's, you know, us learning to drive uh, by passing Amish buggies and stuff. What (laughs) does that mean for what we're told about who we must be versus what we know from what runs in our veins as power?
0: That is powerful. That's, that's a powerful yeah. story right there. That's an like amazing testimony. So let me ask you guys a question. Um, what, what colleges did you guys go to? And what were your majors? What were you looking to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Great question. So I graduated from Lehigh University. I was a business management major and, um economics.
3: Yes. And I went to Lafayette College. I was an econ major as well. So I did economics and finance.
0: Okay. All right. Nice. So I mean, hey, you, you fit right into what you guys are doing now. <laughs> You know, it wasn't yeah. one of those crazy stories. You know, people have these majors and they end up, you know, and a lot of folks end up in real estate. They were like pre med, all kinds of craziness. Yeah. But you guys yeah. are actually doing the work to free your degrees. That's 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 dope. So let me ask you a question: What was that first deal like? How did you actually get into the game?
2: Yeah, so that first deal, we started. Uh, Kiera had a great job. Her college um, kind of internship rolled into a full time leadership position um, in Connecticut. And uh, uh, I lived at home for about a year and decided to move up. Um, and uh, when we got there, we were trying to like looking at each other, sitting on a couch, vision boarding. Okay, real estate. This is it. This is what we're going to do. We need to start finding a property. So we found a three unit multi um, right there in Hartford. It was a shell, and we decided to just go all in on it.
3: Yeah, so we bought the three unit shell. So we bought it for about $26,000 and needed about $120,000 worth of renovation. um So we.
2: Had a whole lot going on yeah. in that in that process
3: of figuring out what we were going to do and how we we're going to do it and ended up working with a nonprofit um, to secure the funds for that rehab and then turn that vacant house into a home for three families. We actually still own the property. Our very first tenant still lives there. Um, and really that property set the foundation for a lot of what we do now when it comes to the size of the rehabs that we're doing, and the types of renovations that we've done um, and also how we interact with our tenants, how we think about building communities. A lot of that started with that very first deal um, that happened to be in Connecticut before we moved back home because close born and raised yeah. from Baltimore. Obviously Lincoln, Oxford is only about an hour, hour and 20 minutes up the road. So um, so prior to, to moving down here, we set all that foundation uh, in Connecticut.
0: Okay, interesting. So a, a couple of things can come from that. One of the things that I find most amazing about you guys is um, how you do everything together, right? And, <laughs> So I have to ask a question about that with you guys. Like, how how has it helped you um, finding a partner that you can just build with?
2: Yeah, it helps a lot. So, I mean, there's there's no question about it. Especially when that partnership is aligned, it's mission aligned. Um, it's, it's aligned kind of at the core values. So for for us, like everybody's got 24 hours in, in a day, right? For us, because it's a partnership, we have 48. So we can work together and, like, bounce off of each other. When I'm slacking, she can pick up. When she's slacking, I can pick up. And we can kind of keep on rocking and rolling. And the business continues to grow. And the, the people who, who benefit are the buyers, are the tenants, are our mentees, um, because we, we constantly work at it.
3: Yeah, and starting off, too, we were very intentional about our conversation. So when we were doing kind of vision boarding and mapping out what this whole thing was going to look like us together, we went about that. Like, our our marriage was almost negotiate like I don't want to say it that way but (laughs) that sounds kind of crazy but very intentional but marriage is a business marriage is a business and so we're able to balance our purpose and our mission mission and our vision together with all like the lovey dovey cute stuff you know we can be the cute couple and all that good stuff so that's (laughs) that's cool too um but we're very intentional about what we do and and how we do it um which is why I think we work really well together business-wise and why we have, we're kind of pulled together personally um, in order to, to kind of hit these, hit this purpose as a unit together. But it is dope to be able to work with with your spouse and your partner when you're yoked um, in that yeah, way.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's amazing. And I'm glad you said that, right? Because I, I just, uh, a shout out to Andre Hatchett, I just sat down to his podcast and I literally said the same thing you just said. So I'm glad someone else reiterated. I said, when you have a spouse that you're in line with, you create time. And I'm and I'm so glad you said that because I agree with that a thousand percent. Because um, even if you guys talking about vision board together, that's like amazing. Like you know, I'm I'm a get up, just call and go vision board with my wife. Like just because I got inspired by you guys. <laughs> yeah. it's,
3: a, it's such a dope process. We even had our daughter do it at some point too. She she was doing a vision board as well. Like it's really great to give yourself that time to have imagination and be able to visualize, put that into paper, and then articulate it. Like really be able to. Um, to say it out loud and, and watch those things happen. That vision board we did at 21 years old, we've watched that stuff happen over yeah. the last, you know, couple that, decade or so, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, watch that
0: come to be. Let me ask you this question too, because like I said, we talked about this earlier. One of the things about you guys is your reputation as seller. Anybody's ever done business with you always talks about how you're for the people. Um, is that, some, is that something about how you were raised? Like, were you raised to be community-minded? Because a lot of what you do is not just about the real estate, but you guys focus on community. Um, does that come from, you know, your upbringing, or where does that come from?
2: 100%. Yeah, no question about it. So um, my parents were very much pro-community, uh, making sure that you lift as you climb. Um, my dad um, used to always tell me, like, wherever you go, I don't care if you go into a restaurant. I don't care if you go into the White House. You leave it better than when you came. Like And that could, that could go from like physical, tangible, pick up a piece of trash and make sure it's cleaner. Or it could be like, leave the room with a different energy and make sure that everybody's happy and smiling and positive. Mm-hmm. Right. So like a hundred percent, that upbringing is crucial. So um, for us, family's important. Our daughter is important. We, we just, we got to go together.
3: Yeah. And for me too, I think one thing that happened along along that journey is we had set some really big goals when we started out. Like mine was I wanted to leave my full-time job by the time I was 30 and I wanted to work full-time in real estate. And I did that at like 27, um, which was great. But what I found was having a goal that was monetary, didn't fulfill like really what was going on or what I was like my purpose, right? And so by not fulfilling my purpose, I found I found the need to figure out what that was and how to to um walk in my purpose and how important that process was. And so from there, kind of the shift happened from okay, we're gonna chase these dollars and we're gonna build and it's gonna be about us and, and all of that to um yeah, having rentals and being a landlord is really great. But to close that wealth gap and build black wealth, we need to create homeowners, right? Like we had to shift Business models and, and all of those types of things in order to make make that type of stuff happen. And so it really became how we walk in our purpose every day. Yeah, our purpose is going to help create a lifestyle. We're going to be able to keep the roof over our head. Um, but our purpose is what grounds us in being able to sleep very well every night um, and be able to to make sure that each day we're spending our time when what's really, you know, what really and truly matters. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. So in terms of the uh, the work you're doing now on the investment side, um, do you focus on any particular property type, single family, multifamily? Like what is the, well, you know, right now, what are you guys kind of focused on?
3: Yeah, so it's a mixture. Um, so it's a mixture between multi and, and single family. Um, when we're focused on home ownership, that's going to a lot of times be single family as far as the, the renovations and stuff that we're doing. Um, a lot of our mentees, because it's us, of course, but then we've like expanded our spheres so much. Um, so a lot of our, our mentees are focused on Maltese. Um, they'll do some single families as well, but a lot of them are, are really heavy on, on multifamily properties. Um, but yeah, we're, we're doing a mixture of both. A lot of our properties, we're turning these vacant houses all over Baltimore into homes. So doing large-scale renovations, um, blighted properties, and not only making them fully renovated homes, but also keeping them historic. So we have a nice
2: little mixture in there. Yeah. So like rehabs, new construction, we, we kind of touch it all.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So, and yeah. one thing i didn't ask is how, how long ago did you guys get down to Baltimore?
2: So we came back to Baltimore in 2013? 12, end of,
3: 12, yeah, 12, end of 12, 12, 12, 13. Yeah. Something like that.
0: So how has uh, the, the real estate landscape changed in Baltimore since you've been there to now?
2: I've, I've been talking to developers who've been in the game 40, 50 years. And they're like, I've never seen this much development. Right. Like, there's just so much happening between new new projects going up, between um, government funded and 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 um, subsidized programs and, and apartments and things, um, infrastructure work being done all over the place, commercial developments happening. Um, there's so much happening. We got in at, at the right time. But the, yeah. the best part about that is that. Now's still a really good time to get in. Yeah. There's still areas where um where the the development and the um that, that wave that happens as a result uh is it's starting to kind of trickle into new new spaces that still have relatively inexpensive stock and property. Mm-hmm. Um so we're just we're just riding it at this point.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 amazing. That's a like, core you asking you want to take a brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um you're when you when you
1: buy at a certain price point and in certain neighborhoods. And then you redevelop these neighborhoods. Um, what is the response from the people that live in the neighborhoods?
3: Yeah. So the thing about us, if we going into a, a spot, especially if we're new there, we're going to be like fixtures there. You're going to see us on the block. We're going to talk to the people up the street. Somebody got a car wash business they're doing in the backyard. Best believe my car is pulling up, right? So there yeah. is yeah. there is that because we become of and part of that community. Um, and we are really big on, um, you know, a lot of times all the time, actually we're buying vacant, bladed properties, right? So properties have been sitting empty for 20, 30 years sometimes. So we, when we come in and we're the only people who not only buy the house, cause a lot of people can buy a cheap house. Not everybody's actually getting it done. So we're coming in, getting them completed and turning this into spaces to bring in more life. People are excited when they see us in neighborhoods and really actually getting the work done. And not just that, making sure the people who own their properties or tenants there or whatever, that they're able to um, be part of that change, be able to keep their taxes low. If you know we're doing a house and it's raising the property values it's great for the homeowners because they're able to build wealth, but not if they're on fixed income and their taxes skyrocket. And so we're able to make sure we're informing the community association, homeowners, all of these folks on how to take advantage of things like the homestead tax credit, for example, and keep their taxes low. So they can ride our wave of, you know, raising property values in and build wealth rather than having the displacement. So we're really big on development without displacement. So the way to do that is to be of and for the community focusing on what the community wants in their own neighborhoods rather than just coming in and cashing out um but also educating folks on how to make sure that this transition um or or any transition is positive for them because if it's not us it's going to be someone else Mm -hmm. right we have to be very intentional about making sure not only are we there doing the work but if we can't be all places at all times that's why we have things like next gen and our mentorship to make sure that there's folks who think like us, who know what they're doing and have the right intention are doing things in other neighborhoods simultaneously the same way you'll find them hanging out on the, you know, hanging them out on the corners in the, in the community as well, because that's what we coach them and teach them to do. That's so, awesome.
1: so also the, the other thing, you know, I, I see, you know, um, they, they be having things like the zero violence, Baltimore and all of that kind of stuff um, there. Um, what, what kind of impact does your redevelopment have on those kind of initiatives?
2: So when you think about kind of like a vacant property, or even a vacant block, right. Mm-hmm. And you think about those impacts, it's an eyesore. Yes, mm-hmm. it's deteriorated. It's ugly. Sure. Um, but there's negative energy too. right Right? there's infestations there's rodents there's um potentially violence and crime there's kids who have to walk by those properties day in and day out back and forth going to school and they look at it and it's it's literally a symbol of okay the local government they haven't invested in here they haven't invested in a community in which i live if they don't care about it why should i Mm -hmm. so then it's throwing trash and dumping and all these types of things but when we come in and we we take pride in the legacy residents and ensuring that the legacy residents uh, can take advantage of the different things that are happening. Yeah. Um, when we come in and we fix those up, then all of a sudden, okay, cool. Like it almost it almost, like compounds the different efforts that are happening, yeah. right? So if there's a, a zero violence program, or if there's all these types of different programs and in, initiatives, um, and then at the same time, for profit, for profit developers like us are coming in too, it just, it amplifies
3: it. Yeah, absolutely. Like We're all about collaboration. So a lot of the organizations that are doing amazing, amazing, amazing work in Baltimore, we all have our role. We play our position and we support and collaborate and do whatever we can for everyone else because collectively that's how we see the change. Cause there's, if it's not us, right? If it's not, it's going to be someone else. And I think that's something that a lot of people have Um, and Baltimore really appreciated about the work that we do. Um, And beyond that, I think Chloe hit on something really important Um, and I always sum it up as like, we have to see the opportunity in our neighborhoods first and we can't really, it's hard to expect someone to see value and opportunity in their own neighborhoods in themselves and all these things when you're literally walking through decay every day. Like, yes. that's the houses that we're doing. There's a front wall and a tree growing up the middle that nobody's thought about in a couple of decades. Like, that transformation in just visually seeing something different, and then you see us with our daughter pulling up yeah. um, and doing the work, like, that changes the narrative from the inside out as we're changing our communities from the outside in.
0: That's that's amazing work. Absolutely it is. It's so powerful. Um. One of the things about you guys is you guys, like, and you mentioned it a couple of times the properties that the, the projects you take on. Like, I, again, following you on social media, I'm like, whoa, you know, <laughs> someone, and, and, and I, but listen, I, I'm someone who develops property, and I see some of the stuff you guys tackle, and I'm like, oh, that's. What, what made you like focus on, on that? And, and you know, and first of all, you got to have good people that work with you to be able to even take on some of those projects. So, how did you get to the point where those are the projects you want to take oh, on? on? Hold on, hold on.
1: I want to rephrase that question for Jim. How do you find contractors that's willing to work <laughs> with <laughs> <those> you? <Yeah. projects laughs> no, no,
0: really like, no, that's a big part of it. But the <laughs> yeah. other part of it is like just to have the audacity to take on some of that. Like, if you go on their page and see some of the projects they take oh, on, I know I've been here. Yeah, there's some yeah. they take on some projects. Like, yeah,
2: for those of you who, who are listening now check out our page charmcitybuyers.com you'll see the projects that they're talking about literally like
3: Uh, like these buyers on instagram
2: yeah these these houses are disinvested when i say Mm disinvest, i mean like decades they got Mm -hmm. trees and weeds and everything else growing out out of them how do we get there so we started with rentals right we started with the rental portfolio we were excited about that we grew it to a place where we both were full-time and then um then we started flipping and what we realized is that like like, really, you don't know what's behind the walls of a of a project that you just buy. So at some point, you just got to take it all out and start <clears throat> over. And those are the contractors that that we work with.
3: Yeah. So our very first deal was $120,000 renovation. So we started with big, large, good projects. So we always had the audacity because the first one, the first time we did it, honestly, was an accident to do it ourselves. Uh, and so that set the foundation for not being afraid for having the audacity to do these larger projects and being in Baltimore, that inventory is there. Right. And so we don't have a lot of competition for the properties that we buy. Um, but really, you know, that contractors, when you talk about construction, now we can give our own, you know, list of heartache when it comes uh, to to construction and contractors along that journey, don't get that twisted. Um, but at this point, we've kind of gotten into a space where literally earlier this year, we actually acquired the general construction company that we have been working with for the last couple of years, which has been a really, really great uh, collaboration and partnership um, to have a little bit more of that control. Now, you know, lumber prices are starting to get crazy. So it was like, all right, (laughs) we got to do something. Um, But but yeah, over that time, just really, um, we talk a lot about building a bench when it comes to creating your construction team and making sure you have options that's your networking that when you see somebody, um, when you're driving around and you see some construction trucks, you pull over and figure out who they are. Or walk through the property or if someone's at Home Depot or Lowe's super early in the morning waiting for them to unlock the doors, right? Getting those indicators on how you can build your network, test some folks out, and then make sure that you always have options so that you can uh, hire slow and fire fast. So you're keeping your projects going when things mm. do happen. It's not if, it's when. It's going to happen. That,
0: yeah, that's, that's, an, that's an amazing piece of advice, right there. Like, yeah, no. To, 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 to. That's an amazing piece of advice. So, you know, higher um, Hey, that's a clip right there. When you, fire fast. Higher fire slow, face. fire fast. But even be, even before that, the the whole idea of when you're riding by and you see projects to walk mm-hmm. through you know what their work looks like and get their cars and always be looking for to add to the I think that's an amazing always, piece of advice right there. Always,
2: always, always even though we've like like Kara said, we we acquired the construction company that we've been working there. with over <laughs> the last few years, but we still have to constantly look, yeah. right? Because we need subcontractors, we still have to constantly Keep that that bench full. Yeah. Um. I think for for us, it was it was for our projects. Yes, absolutely. But it's also for our mentees' projects because yeah. we know how difficult it is to find con- contractors, and and they've expressed it up. We're like, okay, well, we have to do something about this, right? We're mm-hmm. providing them the knowledge, the education, the resources, the tools. Well, let's go ahead and provide them the, the construction team too. Yeah, that's Jeez,
0: awesome. Man. That's awesome, right oh, there, you're, right? You're, you're the best, man. Yeah. <laughs> It's something else you said. It's, it's something else you said too, right? So I, I told you, I look at your projects and I'm like, man, the audacity. And I think it's also because of the um the 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 housing stock too, right? So I'm at the point now in Philadelphia when I do a project, I knock it all the way down to the studs too. But it's like most of the properties here, three bedroom, one bathroom, two stories. You guys in Baltimore got some huge buildings you know or as y'all would say you yeah you know how yeah. <laughs> but y'all got those some huge buildings like what's the what's the square footage of like are, one of those three story uh buildings in Baltimore like what's the average square footage out there
2: yeah they can get up to three thousand square feet like yeah. mean, probably on average about 27, 2,800. that's insane man. <laughs> if you finish out the basement you get more
3: yeah absolutely yeah. it can be really big and when you're doing those guts right when you're when you're taking everything down to the studs First of all, it's a lot of lumber for everyone that's been paying attention to everything that's going <laughs> <lot> on <of here. laughs> but, but even outside of that, because the houses have been sitting for so long, sometimes you have those structural issues. So like the brickwork is starting to deteriorate and you have you know all of these different pieces. And then if you want the full basement, you got to underpin it, you got to do all this stuff. Um, so it, it kind of compounds um, on top of stuff. But yeah, Baltimore homes are big, they can be big and beautiful. And then we also have, some homes that are you know, less than a thousand square feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of diversity in the housing stock from small, super tiny row homes to big row homes to single family houses. We have everything, um, anything, and, anything and everything. And when
2: you, when, when you open up the walls and go down to the studs and you, you can do fun things that, that the market wants, right? You mm-hmm. can create those open floor plans that the market wants, that you can put islands in kitchens instead of having everything blocked up. You can put the staircase in a different space to make sure that it's a more functional layout. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we want to make sure that that not only are we providing safe and um and and you know, quality homes, but also a product that that will last well into the future that people want in, in this current market. Nice, nice.
0: Um,
1: I got one last question. Have you had any pushback from the the politicians and things of that in 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 um and, the, you know, the RCOs and stuff like that, I mean, the neighborhood, you know, NCOs, the, the neighborhood mm-hmm. councils and stuff like that, have y'all had a lot of pushback from them?
2: Have
3: not. No, not. no. no. We, we get invited to all the events. Yeah. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> you know, no. and you know what I think helps with that too, because we always have Michaela now. See, Michaela's the Ah, there you go. We got the yeah, we got the one that <laughs> got to them just a little bit. Uh-huh. But no, I mean, I think it's it's really about intentionality, and I think sometimes um you do have situations where um you know you're you're working with and trying to support um, folks and, and, you know, everyone wants to have their hands in all of the different pieces. And for us, we try to incorporate as many people from political spaces to community associations, to nonprofits. Like we work with a lot of different people in the city in a lot of different ways. And I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the fact that a lot of people want to see us win. And that's a beautiful thing. And I think that also goes back to us being very purposeful mm-hmm. and intentional and really walking in and trying our very, very best to do the right thing day in and day out. Um, and so, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Listen, you, you, one word you mentioned a couple of times that I think is important. and I want to point out is intentionality. You got you guys are intentional with a lot of your actions, and I think that's that's amazing right there. Um, tell us about this next gen program you have about your mentorship. How did that come about, and, and, and what does that entail?
3: Yeah, so next gen—that's our baby. That's my baby. Uh, but next gen is our mentorship program, and really, this came about thinking about this recently um, when we first bought the block we have reached out to a bunch of people who were talking about getting into real estate and said, Hey, we have these properties. We want to split them off and everybody do a few, Um, but nobody was ready. Um, And so no one stepped at their plate. So obviously we decided to go ahead and do it ourselves. Um, but we were like, like, we have to do something about this. Not only can we not take on the entire city, we can only do so many properties at once. But also we want to be able to create our partners for the future. When we're going after these huge apartment buildings or we want to do large RFPs and we want to bring everybody in with us, we need to know that one, people are ready, that they know what they're doing um, and that they're prepared to, to make it happen right alongside us. And so that actually set a lot of the foundation for what NextGen is and what it became. And that's to provide the resources, the guidance and the tools for folks to Find success in real estate in Baltimore, and to build wealth for themselves and their family. Um, because we are big on the fact that you can do both—you can do well for yourself, and you can do well for the people. Um, and so that's what NextGen is all about. So it's twelve months of uh, there's a curriculum, there's tons of group coaching, there's tons of resources to the to the you know specificity of I have this inspection coming up. In this neighborhood, and I'm thinking about X, Y, and Z, and the inspector said this, and we're like, oh, such and such? Oh, we know him. Let's, you know, let's make sure mm. that it's going the way it needs to go. So because we're focused on Baltimore, we're able to really, really guide folks and make sure that they're not just joining something, but they're coming in and they're buying property, and they're helping us buy back the block collectively um, and finding success in Baltimore.
0: That's that's awesome. That's amazing. Tell us about that. When you guys bought the block, like what was that process like? And, and, and what was that experience like?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, that was a good one. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> so we um we you know we're, we're looking at different properties and uh, we actually sent out a bunch of letters. Mm-hmm. Um, And then one of the responses came up. I'm like, OK, so we look out the, the area. We, we check it out. Um, And then the appraiser came came through, you know, a, a little while longer in, in the process. And he's like, look, it's hard to appraise this one, like all these across the street. Look, look at them. Like you got two, two choices. You either don't do this one or you do them all.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And we knew there was tons of stuff happening and coming in that neighborhood. So we were being, we knew what was happening. We knew why there was value in even marketing into this area. Um, And so, yeah, it was like, you do this one, cool, but you need to do all the rest of them. And that's what really set that. That's what set the tone um and so we go, went go
2: harder it. get get bigger dream bigger like right, just keep on constantly elevating. go for it
3: yeah and for uh, for us too it became you know let's show you know everyone can see that we've done this we have the rentals we bought we have this portfolio and all that's great um but it's time to turn it up a notch like how do we mm. really show folks what we can do and and what they can do as a result
0: oh that's that's amazing man the one thing i'll say about you guys is in you know um and this is no shot at anybody, but I'm online a lot. And you see a lot of people uh, on social media that um, haven't really accomplished what you accomplished, but their ego is like just somewhere else. <laughs> but but you guys have have the results. You have the receipts, and you guys remain so humble. Like you know, I mean intentionality, obviously. But um, how is it that you guys remain so humble? Because I'm telling you, like I see people that have accomplished a, a tenth of what you have, and you know, but you guys are very humble, and I think that's impressive.
2: Yeah, but by, by, by recognizing that there's so much more um i think for for us and for me like there's there's still people who one don't don't know how to buy a primary home mm-hmm. um who don't know how to invest in property who don't know how to, how to how to build wealth and as long as there's people still out there in my city in our our, our city um uh, i feel like there's there's still more more work to do so yeah. staying humble by keeping my head down keep on working all right what's the next step what's the next dream what's the next vision how do i get closer to it how do i accomplish X, y, y, and Z. I mean, that's that's really it.
3: Yeah, I think for me, I've, I've actually started to try to get away from the word humble, and I'll tell you why. I, I looked it up, um, and it talks a lot about your self-worth. And mm-hmm. I was like, mm, like, okay, let's not be so... Lately, you've probably noticed we share a little bit more about what our vacation, when we flying out somewhere, what that actually looks like, right? Or, mm-hmm. you know, what, you know, if I'm I'm not always in a t-shirt at a in, a, in Timberlands, at a construction site, like what that what does that actually look like? Because I think that there's also a value in seeing that we've kind of earned the right to show the other side. But what I think everyone is feeling is that the lack of, we don't have a huge ego, yeah. right? And I think the reason for that, at least for me, is that I know mm-hmm. the only difference between me and anybody else or difference between us and anybody else is that we had the audacity to not believe what they told us, and we didn't quit. That's mm-hmm. it. That's it. Yeah, it just that's,
2: kept going. No matter what was thrown at us, no matter when it came, no matter how it came and, and presented itself. All right, all right. Well, what's the solution? Let's let's work towards it. Let's get it done. Let's get to the solution.
3: That's the difference. So that's what people feel when they connect with us is that we know that you can do it too. Yeah. It's just <laughs> what you want to do. That's me. why your <laughs> reputation is stellar. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But I think what you, said, what you said is important too, right? So so you, you said some actually that was very important about like, you know, um, showing the other side, right? So, yeah. and I guess you are right when you said it's not about necessarily being humble, it's about the ego. You guys don't have the inflated ego that other people have, but it is important to show the other side because representation matters, right? So I often think about um, just how further along I would have been if I would have had more people that looked like me that were doing some of the things in business or real estate. Um you know, when I was younger. So it's important to show that so people can see that folks that look like us are doing these things. So that's, 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 a a great, that's
3: a
2: great point. Yeah, it's a great yeah, point. And it point. took me
3: a while to get there because I felt yeah, really, I, I felt a way about showing that kind of stuff. I really did. I'm, I still work on it.
2: Yeah, but, same. And there's there's still some times when I'm like, no, we got to like get back to the gritty. Yeah, like, put on some
3: sneakers. Yeah, like, put on some be, Air like, Force. I
2: need to <laughs> say, walk through some, some vacant properties or something. But, but no, it, it is important. Like we, we got to normalize we just it. We shaped up and look nice and go out and have good Yeah,
0: no, it, cool. it, but it's difficult too, though, right? Because I, I, it's a line too. you don't, it's a struggle with me as well. I, you don't want to come off as bragging, right? So it's,
3: exactly.
0: so it's, a, it's a constant struggle. So, all right, I, I understand exactly where you guys are coming from. Yeah. But along yeah. this crazy journey you guys have had, which is amazing, your story is, is a phenomenal. What has been the, the biggest hurdle that you've had to overcome? Mindset. Yeah,
2: That's I was going to say the
3: same thing.
2: Yeah, I think mindset is just the, the, the biggest hurdle. And it's not, it's not something that, um, that goes away, right? It's a constant kind of uh, thing in the back end. You have to constantly t- tell yourself. Like I'm capable, or I'm worthy, or whatever that next challenge is, mm-hmm. I can get there, and I can pass that, and I can move on, and I'm excited to fail forward, and um, all those types of things. Yeah. Um, but I think like mindset is at least fifty-one percent more Probably than that. I'd yeah, eighty percent of the journey. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> it's big, and and I actually I agree with Chloe because um, every level requires a new version of you, and you have to be open. Yeah to experience that version and there's been plenty of times because Chloe and i are always ne- like leveling ourselves up right we don't try to level up nobody else we're always competing with ourselves and sometimes even that is like whoo okay we're gonna we're gonna buy the construction company too lord all right we're gonna do we're just gonna start new construction we're gonna do this we're gonna do five block we're gonna That's all a lot. And so every new level just requires um, a new new level of belief in yourself and and your abilities and what you're looking to do and accomplish. And so we've been really intentional about surrounding ourselves with people who normalize what we're doing and what we go through and and how we're feeling um, and give us something to reach for um as we continue to to move on and and hit those new heights but mindset is is key i'll
2: give you i'll, I'll give you an example a, a quick one here when um before we started flipping we had we focused on rentals right mm-hmm. building up our rental p- portfolio and that was so that the residual income could pay for our lifestyle mm-hmm. without us having to work a nine to five which we mm-hmm. hung um, Like here left her job shortly after i left mine everything fully occupied cash flowing positive and we were straight we didn't have to do anything else. We didn't. I didn't even. I didn't want to do anything else. Kiera was like, <laughs> <laughs> "You really no?" I like, didn't. That I'm that like, best we, best. "We Gucci." <laughs> Listen, we got X number of rentals. We compile up the money. We snowball it into another one. We could buy a rental every couple of months and be Gucci. So, um, um, but Kiera looked at and was like, "No, we need to do do more." And I had to, I had to stretch myself. It's like okay. What's that next level, right? at at the end of the day, and you you said it earlier, representation matters, we're doing a disservice to people if they don't see folks like us, young, black, in the community, um, balancing wealth and positive impact, and actually winning, right? So like, if if we don't show that, then we're doing a disservice, not only to ourselves, not only to to Baltimore, but to the world, to the Mm -hmm. culture. I think for, for, for me, it was like, all right, well, that's a mindset piece. I got to overcome that so that we can keep on keep our foot on on, on the gas.
0: Yeah, Death, man, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And you got the cheat code because you guys got each other to keep pushing each other, right?
3: Mm-hmm. right. And we sure do that. Sure do. He got me a couple of weeks ago. I was like, all right, let me get myself together.
0: <laughs> nice. That's dope. That's dope. Let me ask you guys a question. So what is your favorite book or book that's inspired you along this journey?
3: Yes, my favorite. I have a few that I read every year. Um,
0: for what are? You? You have to be one. Give us the few that you read. Okay. Every
3: year. So, um, so every year around January, I'll read the Ten X Rule. I'll mm-hmm. read E Myth Revisited mm-hmm. every year. Um, I'll read um, uh, what's the other one? Um, there's one other one that everyone like. I have to think about it, but some of the ones, and they're all for something different. Some are mindset, some are like, let's go get it, let's build, mm-hmm. um, but I have a few books that I read uh, at the top of each year.
2: Yeah, yeah, and if I had to answer that question, um, the two books that stick out in my mind, um, one, The Secret, mm-hmm. um, all about the the law yep. of attraction, um, and then two would be um, True North, mm-hmm. and that's one of my, my favorites, and that's um, like, if you think about a compass, east, west, north, south, like you can be on a path, but it might not be the right direction. You gotta find your true north as you, as an individual, as a person, find what your why, um, and and move towards your true true north. And that book kinda has exercises and all kind of stuff. But it's it's a great read.
0: That's interesting. Out of all the books, that's the only one I haven't read. It's true north. I gotta look that up. True north.
2: True north, okay. yeah.
0: that's, that's the first time we heard that one.
2: Yeah, I that's think we gotta
0: we gotta add that to the book list. Yeah, add it to our book list. That's the first time we heard that. That's a good one. Good one, good one. Yeah. Oh man, listen. So you you guys are, are just amazing. You've inspired me doing this talk. I, I, I mean, Corey, I don't know about you, good brother, but like. oh man, listen,
1: I'm ready to get in the trenches. I'm ready to put on some Tim. Man, right listen, hey, I,
0: didn't, I, didn't even, listen I didn't even, I not even have any appointments now. I'm about to go hit this. I'm about to go like driving for cash now. Like I'm, 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 I'm truly inspired because for one, I love the energy. You guys give off great yep. energy. I love the way you guys work together. Um, it's truly an inspiration. And the one thing that we're kind of aligned in terms of what we do with By the Hood, we talk about, you know, um, financial services, but we're community based. And I see that in you guys as well. So it's very inspiring to see someone that thinks about the community and that word intentionality is important to you. So um, I just want to say thank you for one.
3: Thank you, yeah, thank you exactly.
2: for having yeah, us. Thank you for having us, yeah. and you're, you're absolutely you're welcome. We, we absolutely love it. We love Listen, we man, we
0: love and, it. and yeah, and what you guys are doing is important to the mm-hmm. culture, so please keep up the good work, man. We're going to make sure that we share links to your website, all your social media, uh, within the show notes, um, as well as the video. So, um, just want to say thank you. Um, we appreciate you, and please continue to do the work that you guys are doing. Thank you,
3: thank you. But thank you
0: so Corey, you got anything else for we got here, good brother?
1: I'm, I'm kind of like, you ready to go running now, huh? Yeah, right, like. You know like i'm i i never wanted to be a landlord and, and then now i'm like man i should reconsider that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, never, I, you know because i own property but yeah, i don't Corey, want to I never wanted boy. to be a landlord but now i'm like man maybe i should <laughs> I'm like, yeah flipping can get you rich and that's dope Rent, having rentals being a landlord makes
3: you wealthy gotta switch yeah. it up.
1: I, I mean i take the money and put it into other investment vehicles but i just don't i you know i'm not I'm not hey listen I'm that, that who is, who is, what he's giving, giving you he's like, giving I don't want to deal with people every day
0: like yeah. so that's
1: that's more of my that's more
0: of my reservation with it than money or any of those other things. Listen, yeah. he's giving you guys a compliment because now you got him thinking about it. I've been trying to get yeah. him uh, to be a landlord. Yeah. Listen, I work with somebody yeah. who does this <laughs> every single no. day and it's it's, it's just off my plate, and then the,
3: when yeah, I'm looking, I might want
1: to look into that.
3: Yeah, there's ways to set it up. So like, if you know, if you're clear on what it is that you want, what you're trying to accomplish, what your non-negotiables are, you can set things up in a way that's going to fit those. But if like landlord doesn't have to be everybody's thing either, right? So I'm not the person that says everybody needs to be a landlord. I don't right. believe that. Yeah. So if you putting it somewhere else and it's doing what it needs to do, then that's cool too. But um but yeah, so we can talk about that offline. I got oh, you. Listen, I'm, right. I'm, 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 I'm
0: actually much. impressed because you got him inspired. Yeah, that's, like, that's yeah, like, you, like,
3: you to even think about being a
1: landlord, that's yo, you just don't know how big of a compliment
0: that is. <laughs> 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 I don't want to get
2: involved. In that <laughs> <no way. laughs> so listen,
0: everybody out there, please, please go follow Trump City Buyers. Man, these 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 are they're doing legendary work. These are these are legends in the making right here. So I, I want you guys to please follow their journey. Look at some of the projects that that they're doing, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about with those big Baltimore homes. And continue to do the work that you're doing You know, with the next gen, because I think that's important as well. That's amazing work. Um, To our audience out there, as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates, and we'll talk to you guys in our next episode. Peace.